Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. And for today's show with me, I have as guest one of our new therapists, Mario DeArmas. Hi, Mario. Hi, Tova. So, uh, Mario, you and I are going to talk about forgiveness today. But before we do, I'd like you to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Uh, well, my name is Mario DeArmas, uh, a new therapist here at Wellspring. Happy to be part of the team, the family. Uh, I recently acquired my degree from Barry University in mental health counseling. Uh, I also have a master's in theology from St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary. Been a teacher uh, at the secondary level for 10 years. And uh, about four years back, decided to make uh, mental health counseling my primary aim in terms of relating to people and endeavoring for healing, which was Christ's ultimate goal. Well, we're thrilled to have you on the team. You've got experience with young people. You've got experience, um, I know, even as a chaplain in an oncology unit, right? And um, just a lot of uh, depth you bring to us, plus you're Cuban, and, and we just love that about you and your, your strong root, immigrant roots, I think you've talked about in a large Cuban family. So uh, that's great. All right, let's Let's move into talking about our topic today, which is forgiveness. So I'm going to start at the beginning, which is what is forgiveness? Forgiveness, and there's so much to say on this topic, yep. but it entails letting go in a very deliberate way. And by the same token, this conscious act of understanding somebody's journey too and having a sense of empathy and compassion towards them so while you're letting go of any resentment and bitterness and pain that the person may have issued upon you you're simultaneously looking at them as a human being on the journey with their with their own brokenness so it's twofold in that regard yeah, and when you have, you know you have forgiven when you can see the other person as a person in their own pain and in their own lives. Um, whereas when we are still bitter and holding a lack of forgiveness, you can tell that because we are unhappy when they succeed and we don't wish well for them, we want revenge. And so there's, there's a real heart difference towards the offender when we have forgiven, right? Yeah, I've noticed that I could speak for myself. I make myself the only victim of the narrative. So they did this to me and how dare they and what were they thinking and they should have known and all these different elements exacerbate the pain, at least in my case. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it with, with that empathy that that person didn't get up that morning and singled me out, but that person may have been hurt by someone else and I'm very limited in my perception of what they're going through, it really opens up uh, my ability to say, you know what, they have their own struggles and obstacles. And I also notice that the mind is very extensive and I see as a barometer forgiveness of forgiveness that that bitterness starts to diminish, that resentment starts to diminish. The memory of it might remain intact but the accompanying feelings dissipate, which is powerful. And before we move past kind of defining forgiveness, I think it's important for me that we talk about forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. Those are actually two different things. Forgiveness is a state in your heart of letting go 
um, um, of letting go of your right to revenge. And I believe it's important to know that we have a right to revenge. The Old Testament talks about uh, eye for an eye and two for a tooth. There is a right to get even, to make the world just, to bring justice to, to injustices. Um, forgiveness is letting go of my right to be the one to be the judge and jury and executioner. It says, I'm going to let go. I'm going to take them off of my hook where they might really belong and put them onto God's hook. And it's not the same thing as do I restore with them? We can get into that. That's a separate process. Forgiveness yeah. is me saying God will be judged. I will repay, says the Lord. And so we say, Lord, you, you take this person and you handle justice, and I'm going to let go of my heart with uh, of my revenge. Um, but then reconciliation is a whole separate process. So I, I love letting go. We let go of the bitterness, and we let go of our right to revenge. Um, so what what is forgiveness not? I said that wrong. <laughs> forgiveness is not what? Because we have a lot of misconceptions about that, and I've already started one, that forgiveness is just is instant reconciliation as if nothing happened. What else is not forgiveness? Well, forgiveness, as you had alluded to earlier, is not completely forgetting, okay? Because there are instances where the memory is important. If you're in a situation or in a relationship where the offense is repeated and ongoing, you wanna liberate yourself from those sentiments that we spoke of before. But by the same token, you don't want to put yourself in a situation that you're in harm's way all the time. And that might entail some boundaries as well. My favorite professor used to always quote his professor uh, in terms of saying, Jesus Christ came to take away our sins, not our brains. So there is a recollection that's very important in terms of saying, listen, that, that scenario has exposed you to harm it might be time to devise a plan so as to avoid that too because part of being in god's plan is protection as well and using our wits that's the beauty of our reason and that phrase forgive and forget is a terrible phrase because you actually don't <laughs> you don't physically take a part of your memory out and throw it away so it becomes a command that you can't follow you can't forget what happened in your life that would actually be unhealthy for you to live in denial and so it's forgiveness is not forgetting it's not excusing what was done either it doesn't say it doesn't matter it says it did matter and it did hurt and it did wound but i will let go it's not, I have to make it, pretend it didn't hurt, make it less, make an excuse because of their bad life. So that's why they, you know, robbed me because of their robbing. It doesn't excuse things and it doesn't minimize and it doesn't forget. It doesn't do any of those things. It's just that even though all these things have happened, even though it is that bad, it, acknowledging every aspect of the pain of it, I choose to let go of the right to revenge. I choose to let my right. heart be free of bitterness, right? There's another side to that too, and it's what I call uh, collectors. So there are people that won't forget. And even though they forgive by name, there's a tendency to bring up past events. So another argument ensues and then suddenly, oh, this is the anniversary of when you did this to me. And this is where we were when you said this to me. So this collection of memories in my mind is not genuine forgiveness either, because if something has been resolved, 
if you keep bringing it up in terms of I forgive you, but then that's not a sign of genuine forgiveness as well, because you're just building those things up. So that conscientious act of saying, I forgive you entails, okay, that I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to use it as fuel. Well, and that the, the concept that forgiveness is letting go of your right to revenge, bringing it up is a right to revenge. It's I have an excuse to justify my bad behavior because of your bad behavior. I have a right to bring it up in order to basically have power. It's a power issue. You know, I have power over you because you're indebted to me. And forgiveness right. is letting go of the debt. Um, and so there, there's that. All right, let's talk about, I, I want to talk about some of the science of, and the benefits of forgiving. So why should we be so generous? Why should we uh, let go of that and let go of bitterness? What is it? There's some science behind it's good for us. So talk, talk to me about some of that. It was incredible doing research for this, Tova, just looking at the mental health benefits, including the reduction of anxiety, the reduction of depression. In a romantic dynamic, it led to longevity between a particular couple. Uh, just in that mind, concentrating on past events does wear the mind down. So in terms of you know, a clean slate, what it does for your energy level, for your ability to be lucid of mind. Uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. It really is true. And I love the science of this because this takes it away from a faith perspective, even. You know, the Bible tells us to do this, but the, God knows what's good for us. And um, the science Mayo Clinic, they, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, improved self esteem. <laughs> fewer symptoms of depression, like you mentioned, um, lower blood pressure, healthier relationships, longer lasting relationships. Uh, the bottom line is it's good for us. And bitterness, in contrast, is bad for us. Uh, it doesn't, it isn't just revenge on the other person. It's, it's literally bad to our bodies, to our psyches. Um, and so we need to figure out how to do this, even if we're not believers. <laughs> and, and faith and the calling of God to forgive as, as God has forgiven us. Uh, we need to take a good look at, hey, this is good for me. And, you know, if the best you can do is to do it for good selfish reasons, then, hey, you'll, you'll live a better life. <laughs> it's, right? it's incredible because we say of, of mind-body connection, but this is living proof in terms of, you know, the benefits for the brain and the enhancement of the interpersonal relationships. So Christ was a genius in terms of saying, you know, loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, like the full person. And the hindrance to love is oftentimes the harboring of those resentments. So when you say that, it's not just a spiritual element that feels good and warm and fuzzy, but the, the actual reinforcement to the brain patterns as yeah. a result. And as we talk and, and finish this part up about, you know, the benefits, the truth is, um, for those of us who are believers, the benefit is that we are obeying God. And he knows this is good for us. The Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or trespassers against us, you know, however, whichever Lord's Prayer you use, you know, uh, we, we are forgiven by God. And because of that profound knowledge that, oh my gosh, look at all I've done and God wipes it away and Jesus pays for it all. Uh, I can give a little of that away. I can give the grace away I've been given. I can give the mercy away. And it is a commandment to forgive. We're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to forgive. Uh, again, that's not exactly the same thing as no boundaries, like you mentioned, and no um, 
complete reconciliation. It's not ignoring what we do. And I, I like to think about this spiritually too, that um, God does not ignore what we do either. He never says, oh, that's okay, you sinned against me. He says, no, you sinned against me and I am holy and justice must be served. And then he pays the price. Jesus pays the price for that. So there's always a price to be paid. The question is who pays it, you know, and, and who ex who's the judge? And so we are like God in longing for justice. We, that's part of the nature of God. And when we want justice and we want revenge, that's part of the nature of God. But we are called to let God be the judge and not us. And, and we are called and asked to, uh, that we never minimize it. We say the price, it is that bad, but who pays? And so we let Jesus pay and we receive his payment for us and we let Jesus pay the price and be judge of everyone else. And so there's a huge spiritual component to why should we forgive? Um, on that note, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about how to forgive and get into some nuts and bolts there. So um, if you just joined our show, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air. You can find us at our website, wellspringmiami.org. And we will be right back, Mario and Tova, to talk about how to forgive. Welcome back. This is Tova and Mario with Wellspring on the Air. And today we're talking about forgiveness. If you missed the beginning of this show and want to hear what is forgiveness is and what it's not, then find us on Wellspring on the Air, your favorite podcast channel, and or on our website, wellspringmiami.org, um, and learn more about forgiveness. We have articles there, uh, this podcast, and other information for you about forgiveness. But so far we've talked about what it is and what it isn't. Forgiveness is a letting go, a letting go of your right to revenge, a letting go of bitterness in your heart, and a move toward wanting good for your enemy. It's not the same thing as um, not setting up boundaries or forgetting or minimizing what happened or even restoration. That's actually a separate piece. So we're going to move into that. So the question I have for you next, Mario, is how do we forgive? I would say that the starting principle would be to acknowledge the hurt. Right. So being able to identify it for what it is. Uh, oftentimes we try to gloss over the pain. So that's an instrumental aspect of it. And then to relate it. So if, if there's an object of your hurt, an individual that's hurt you, to be able to verbalize that and say, listen, this hurt, this wounded me. And that helps you uh, psychologically by releasing and it gives the person an opportunity to understand because oftentimes people this that old adage hurt people hurt people you know people can go about their day and not even know that they inflicted harm on you so relating it to that individual can be that second component uh, I would also say Jesus Christ had the most optimal standard you know matthew 18 21 to 22 how many times does i forgive uh, my brother seven times and christ says to peter not seven times peter but 70 times seven you know so being able to receive from god that grace to forgive being able to say lord there are certain things that are beyond my power and i need your help here you know and then there has to be after that level of receptivity, uh, a response where you proactively forgive, you know, and as you do that, old feelings, old resentments might come up again. And I often, oftentimes say that 
forgiveness can be a gradual process where maybe you thought that you were over it and you have to renew again and again and again. So that response might entail a journey and doesn't go away necessarily in one full swipe. So responding and being able to count on God, which starts as a point of departure from acknowledging that you're hurt to begin with. Yeah, let's, let's backtrack here for just a minute. So this relates to what we teach at Wellspring, the circle of truth, which is how to get over bad things that have happened to us. And those first three steps are accept it, um, face it, feel it, and accept um, and express it. Sorry, <laughs> face it, feel it, and express it. And so that facing it is acknowledging. And what, sometimes the offenders will pressure us. Yeah, I did that, but they, they, the pressure is to minimize or to overlook because they feel bad or they want to ignore it or they don't want to be held accountable. Um, but we really, if we if we give that away too easily and say, oh yeah, I really didn't mind, it was no big deal, but we're lying to ourselves, you know, um, we then don't get over it because we know it's not true and it wasn't full, it wasn't real. So the first step is really acknowledging this was that bad to me. My experience was pain, my, my experience was whatever that offense is. And so we have to accept it, we have to acknowledge it in its fullest. And then we need to feel the feelings that go with it and then we need to express it. So you talked about like expressing it to the offender, but there's also expressing it, if maybe the offender's not there or you can't do that for whatever reason, um, we can express it to others and have witnesses bear, bear it with us and say, yes, that's true and they acknowledge it. We can express it in art and poetry and writing and journaling and prayer to God. There are a lot of ways to express it. We express it with our tears and symbols, you know. Absolutely. Um, and it's a way- Journaling of, has been a saving grace for me, writing things down as well. Yeah, it, it acknowledges that it's real. And so we really can't let go of it until we've admitted it. And I, I think that's really, really key um, for us. And then we can move into the, okay, so how do we respond? You know, and, um, and again, I think stopping somewhere in the middle of that and throughout that is, is a place of prayer. Prayer, like when you're talking about how to, I think praying about it, you know, we can pray for our enemies. We can pray about our enemies. You know, we can be obedient and thank God for the trial our enemies bring into our lives. Those are all aspects of prayer. We can ask God to change our hearts. Um, praying for our enemies does help change our hearts. God, you know, just saying God change their lives and bring good on them. And that's a painful thing to do when you're really bitter, you know? Um, but it's the part of the how to, we go to God and yeah. he does this miraculous thing in our lives where even though we've been wounded against, uh, we let go, not because the person deserved it and not maybe not because they even repented, but because God changes us to a place where, you know, he's bigger than they are. Absolutely. And I also think that, the object can be ourselves. There are a lot of people that are haunted by their own mistakes and haven't been able to forgive themselves even after they receive forgiveness from others. There are people who are angry at God. And to their surprise, it's so deeply ingrained that they might not even be consciously aware of it, which is why the reflection piece is so important to be still and know that I am God and see what comes up. I always say it's a blessing, too, when feelings of guilt or anger come up. We're too quickly to judge them and to label ourselves as a result. For me, it's a great bridge for that reconciliation piece to come to fruition and say, okay, now I can relate it. Now I can, after identifying 
you know, express it, whether it's with regards to me or God, there's so many layers and nuances to forgiveness. You know, I love that deeper reflection on what do I feel? So again, face it, feel it, express it. If the feelings that come up are rage or, or, you know, heavy revenge and anger, and, and let's say you're a believer and you don't think you're a good person because you feel anger. So you're not allowed to feel rage. You're not allowed to be angry. So then you lie to yourself. Well, I'm right. not really angry, you know, and so you never resolve it. So I love just not being judgmental of ourselves in the process of being an angry person. Um, because if we don't admit what happened to us and our anger, then we can't take it to God and we can't get past it. If we just yeah. pretend I'm not angry because I'm a Christian, um, then, then we never really repent of our parts. We never really process it. And we never really can forgive because we never, we never acknowledge and self-reflected on it. Or we put timetables in terms of saying, by now I should have forgiven. And mm. what's wrong with me because I haven't. And all those are traps which kind of steep us in shame. And oftentimes we just carry that burden. Another element that I wanted to bring up was that these things could spill into other relationships. So if we grapple with that and not you know, channel it the right way, we suddenly get snappy with a friend or we suddenly say something we regret. And all the while, it's the unresolved feelings that are still dwelling within. And that goes back to what we said earlier, that bitterness is bad for you and for your body and for relationships and forgiveness is no good question. for our body and our minds and our relationships. And so, yeah, it absolutely spills over because we're just an angry person or a bitter person. If we don't identify who we were really angry at, like ourselves, like God, uh, like, you know, people, our parents, but we're not supposed to because we're supposed to love our parents or whatever. If we don't acknowledge that, it will spill over. And we can also generalize. So maybe I'm angry at men because there was a rape or something. So I, I take it out on all men, you know, right. um, and I, or I'm angry at some, you know, Christians cause they treated me badly. So I, I hate all Christians or all those generalizations that um, are, are hurtful because we're not in the present. We're not taking people in the moment for who they are as individuals. We're, we're generalizing with just the fact that we are angry people, bitter people, unresolved people, um, or that we generalize them they're all absolutely bad <laughs> absolutely which is why i oftentimes say aside from encountering christ through prayer prayer can slow the mind down and increase awareness so that you could actually say where's this coming from why am i upset all of a sudden or why did this comment elicit this response mm -hmm. and taking that time to sit and reflect can bring about that deeper understanding, you know? Yeah, and, and I like the fact that you talked about it being a journey because that longer journey, you know, let's take it, let's say it's an affair in a marriage. You know, the truth is um, there are many aspects to some of our wounds. And so people to recover from the layers of an affair, it's the, so, you know, maybe one phase of that forgiveness is for the lies. The other is for the, the double life. The other is for the betrayal of the wounds. The other, you know, so there are layers and different aspects and each aspect of a wound has to be, has to be forgiven. And so that, that makes it a journey. It, it really does. Uh, it's a slower process. Let's say somebody you love died by suicide. Um, 
And so you're angry that they left you, you know, so there's a whole realm of abandonment. But then you maybe there's another place uh, where you're you're angry that that you're left with the mess or that whatever it is, you know, so layers of anger, layers of complicated grief that go into this. And so we need to stop shaming ourselves and blaming others, both sides, and just let it just be true. It's true that I feel this way, but if I let myself come before God and let him heal me, then I'll let go of that piece and then this piece and then the next piece, right? Yeah, and by the same token, practicing patience with others while they grapple with all these things. But because of the, of the depths of it, it takes time. And even that person can relay to the other, listen, while I continually go with this, bear with me because when we do love, you know, we do practice Corinthians 13, we do exercise patience and kindness and, and know that people perhaps have been carrying this for such a long period of time that this doesn't instantaneously dissolve. You know, my father used to always say, he's so kind with himself that the minute he makes a mistake and is remorseful, that's it. He moves he moves on, which is awesome. But some people, because of their temperament as well, and if they're more internal, it's just not so rapid. It might take some time. I think it's important to see as a process, we can make a decision, an act of the will to choose to try to forgive. And then it's an act of grace to have the power to do it. It's an act of practice and patience and prayer um, and action to begin to make it a reality that God does for us. It's actually quite miraculous when we forgive each other. And oh, um, yeah. God has to help us do that. And I think another little piece of advice is to begin to take actions when you don't feel it yet. You say, okay, I'm going to try to forget. So some of the actions we can take are just acts of kindness. So doing, making yourself do something kind for somebody who you're bitter with, maybe it's an office colleague or something, you know, and you, you say, okay, I'm going to act loving until I feel it. So you're asking God to give you the feelings, but you bring them a cup of coffee. <laughs> and, and that little good feeling of positive interaction there might be the start of something, you know, and so. No question about it. Act in love when we don't feel it until we feel it while we're asking God to give us that feeling. It's a process. There's more merit precisely when you don't feel like doing something. And we put a lot of store on feelings as if they're all defining. But when we can isolate that feeling and say, yeah, I'm upset, I'm angry, but I can still do this or act in this way. Or, or in some cases, do nothing. Because if I know that I'm going to be reactive, then I'm just going to do nothing until that feeling fades. Right. So it's a matter, and, and people might not see that act of virtue, but the Lord sees it, and it shapes you. It empowers you knowing that you habitually take those steps. But that initial choice, Toba, you hit the nail on the head. That initial choice to say, I forgive you, is, is paramount. Because once you do that, the rest of the things will follow over time. Over time. And um, in terms of people wondering about, well, when do I restore with people? I think we'll just save that for another show. Uh, we'll, we want to talk about repentance, and that includes like when and how I set boundaries versus uh, allow for justice, and when do I restore relationships, what's repentance. So we're just going to call that to all go into the show of repentance and uh, restoration, and we'll, we'll hit that on another day. Um, if you joined us late in this program, you can listen to the beginning of it with Mario and with myself on Wellspring on the Air. You can find us on our website, wellspringmiami.org. Lots more resources there for uh, 
whether it's articles or documents or other shows you can watch about repentance, forgiveness, and, and more on this topic. So we're glad you've been with us. Um, we're just going to close out reminding all of our audience that scripture is full of things on this. Uh, Jesus tells us to forgive as we've been forgiven. Um, Matthew 18 tells us to, how to confront our brothers when they sin against us. Uh, Romans 12, 19 tells us not to take revenge, uh, but to leave that task to God. There are many, many more scriptures that, that talk about loving our enemies and figuring out how to let go of the, the bitterness in our hearts so that we can live free between us and God and able to follow his commands to love our neighbors as ourselves. So on that note, we will close. Um, thank you. It's time to wrap up. This is Toba Krups with Mario on Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.